Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another OSINT Curious monthly OSINT news broadcast. I'm Micah Hoffman, and I am here with my legendary OSINT and psychological partner in crime, <laughs> Christina. Welcome to the show, Christina. My goodness, Micah, at the end of the year. I know, it's our last sweet. It's the Christmas oh. spirit. Did it hit you yet? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's it. It's all that holiday cheer yeah welcome everybody welcome i we hope you enjoy another saint news and tools live stream the last for this year but we have a few cool topics to cover and some that are pretty current pretty yeah. recent news in the industry that's right. Christina and I do these monthly news uh, recaps, uh, kind of like what Sector 035 does with his weekly uh, OSINT news um, uh, posts on his on his page. Um, we like doing these so that we can kind of bring some of these OSINT issues to life, help talk with you about them, and as always, share our love for all things open source intelligence. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. Um, we are live here streaming on Twitch, YouTube, and on the LinkedIn site. And our website is scrolling below here. Our social media handle is there. Also, the link to our really active 8,000 person plus OSINT Curious Discord server down there below. And as always, and oh, oh, they're going to be in the show notes as well. <laughs> Well played. Yep. And Christina mentions that this live stream is always recorded and available on our YouTube channel. So please check that out for all the previous ones. Or if you happen to miss some of these, I'm going to go ahead and stop that. And let's take a look. If you are out there watching us live, give us a shout out here in the comments on LinkedIn or Twitch or YouTube. Say hi to us and let us know that you're that you're watching this show. We always like to hear from you. So, Christina, we've got a bunch of cool links and tools um, that are coming up. Anything you want to talk about in the OSINT world before we get started here? In the OSINT world, I think we've had a few recent changes with Twitter changing and everything. Um, Mastodon coming more in place. We're going to talk about that later, but maybe we should also mention and inform anybody who's watching or listening to us that we also ended up creating a backup account or actually I don't know if it's going to be backup or it's just, a, yeah, it's just an just another social an media account yeah. <laughs> on Mastodon. Yep. And we're going to talk about all of that in just a little bit. Um, I'm typing right now. Uh, for those of you that are joining us and are on Mastodon, I'm adding our Mastodon user handle and the server that we're on, the instance we're on, to the chat. Um, it is osincurious at infosec.exchange. Please go ahead and uh, go ahead and add us to your Mastodon list. Uh, we will try to continue to post there. Uh, there have been some challenges with Twitter lately. And so we are, we're looking to explore some new platforms and reach our users wherever they are. But the Discord is always very active. And let's not forget that even if everything, all social media burns and there's nothing left, we still have the website, all of the blog posts, the information to the live streams, the 10-minute video tips, they are on our website. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Our, our Discord server is actually growing. Um, yeah. it's, it's amazing. And I love how uh, Espen and the other OSINT Curious admins are kind of changing it to make it more easily accessible, easier to use. And uh, we just implemented the forums. So it so conversations are a little bit easier to to follow a uh, really good resource. And it's free. Just sign up uh, at the the uh, URL that will be in the show notes here and that we showed on the screen a little earlier. Some shout outs here. Welcome, Danny, Michael, Pyotr, Nicholas, KJ. It's good to have you on board. Now, Christina, um, I think we maybe should get into some of the tools and stuff. So let's go ahead and show the talk about getting smart in yeah. There you go. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm going to post this link in the chats. This is the smart tool. This is the start me aggregated resource tool. Uh, this is something that I made in the last month or so. I'd always had these, this frustration, Christina, of just all of the different start me pages. And I knew I was missing resources and I knew that there was no way I was going to be able to click on over the, over 200 start me's to follow things and I wasn't going to make my own start me to add to the clutter. So one of the things I noticed was that start me pages have JSON that's open to the public. And I created this tool that updates every day and it crawls OSINT start me pages, finds other OSINT start me pages, crawls those, and then it aggregates the links. So in oh. here, the best way to do this, is come over here to the search and type in Christina or whatever. And you'll see all of the Start Me pages, their URL, and then the category of how that person uh, actually categorized the resource to Christina Licati's Twitter or other resources. Yeah, it's very fast and it has over 85,000 start me re individual URL resources. And like I said, it's updated automatically every night and it's absolutely free. So I will give I like you one how warning. You can categorize everything and the fact that you can clearly see the URL before you click on it, because with some resources, you just see a title and not the URL and it can be tricky, but here everything is pretty neatly laid out. Yeah, and, and to that point, Christina, there is a kind of caution there, mm -hmm. and you can see it in red on your screen. I'm not sanitizing, filtering, or otherwise validating any of the links that are coming through in the Start Me. So if it's on somebody's Start Me page and it has OSINT, it will appear here, which means that anything that somebody's put on their page, which is an old link, or maybe a link that redirects to malware or something like that, will show up here. So please, please, please check out those links before you uh, follow them. And that's also one of the main reasons why there are no hyperlinks on this page uh, for these links. You have to collect and you have to select them manually because I didn't want anybody accidentally to going to a bad place. Um, just to show you that we can do topic searches as well, typing in Instagram here gives us a whole bunch of resources. I'm going to change this to 100. And you can see there's a ton of resources here that are Instagram focused. Some of these are not online, but man, does this save you time going page to page. So that's smart. Christina, nice. do you like smart? 
I feel that it's smart and we have to do that in war, in our work. I mean, we all know how hectic things can become when you research something, when you try to sort out your resources. This saves you some time and we are all about saving time when we can. Absolutely. You know, and Christina, that working more efficiently is is kind of a theme that we'll have here. We're going to show you some other automated tools and some processes and workflows that are going to help you work, not only do your OSINT, but do your OSINT better, faster, and hopefully better, uh, deeper. <laughs> All right. Let's head over here because this is actually related. This is um, Sin Windy one of our longtime viewers and amazing people in OSINT. If you don't know the name Sin Windy or just Sin, you are missing out. Uh, Sin Windy runs the OSINT Dojo. As you can see in the bottom portion of this, this is running on the Dojo's YouTube page. And what Sin Windy did was created a video to break down how to do some basic bash shell scripting. It's kind of like programming so that you can run your tools more effectively, run command line tools a little bit more effectively. Um, in this case, you can see over here, he's got the what's my name tool running here. Uh, this is Holeha or Hole, Hole. I'm not, I'm not sure how to Hole say that. Thank you. Um, and, and so he's got, you know, like several tools that he, he's going to run. And then over here in this video, he shows you how to write out each of the lines that controls when to run each script, each of those scripts and how to output all that to a single file. So by the end of this video, which is only six minutes long, you get to see, you get to see, um, the script that he wrote but also you get to see, hey, I can run all three of these tools just by executing one script and my output is in a, mm -hmm. in a single place. It's really cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I am all glad right. that Sin Windy shares all those resources. Yeah, Sin Windy. They're practically I, helpful. I, they are really helpful. They are really, really helpful. Um, and one of the things, let's get back over here, that we wanted to talk about uh, that has a little bit of a Sinwindy spin on it is Mastodon. Now, Christina, you mentioned Mastodon earlier. Have you created a new account over on Mastodon? And are you over there? Or are you one of the, the people that's waiting to see how that platform develops? Well, I was, uh, I was waiting to see how the platform develops. Then I just pulled the trigger. I said, okay, what's there? What's there to lose? All the information I put in there is anyways public. I use yeah. it as a secondary Twitter or a, a Twitter backup. But we will see. It grows in me as we go. But... It is still a pretty different platform than Twitter, which is interesting. It's also, it was a bit confusing in the beginning. And I think it's clear by now that it also opened a whole new area for OSINT investigators. Okay, a few months ago, it was still in a not so popular platform, but now that it's becoming more and more popular, yeah. we also realized that we will probably bump into an account on Mastodon in one of our investigations and then future in the near future by now the yes. platform grew very yes. much and very fast yeah especially for certain populations of people right yeah. i mean there are 
I can't picture my mom and dad uh, or somebody of their age group <laughs> going, wow, Mastodon, let me get into the Fediverse. But I can see certain uh, certain groups of people, uh, technical people, cyber people, uh, people that are, are younger or interested in alternative platforms. Um, it's really not that hard to use once you figure out, you know, what the heck is a Fediverse? And mm -hmm. should I put my accounts on all these different servers or just pick one? Uh, it's really not that hard to use. And um, there are lots and lots and lots of benefits to it. Um, so should we get into our Mastodon stuff? Yes, we should. So I think uh, it's a small introduction. We should say that in investigating a, a, a social media profile on Mastodon doesn't differ that much from regular social media profiles, from anything else. So it's not a completely new area in SOCMINT. However, there are a few details that should become known. Or it's easier if you are aware of them. So we yeah, had like, we like had any platform. Some... You need to understand yeah. the platform, right? Before you can actually do OSINT on it. Exactly. Just like we do with Instagram, which is very different from LinkedIn, which is very different from Twitter and so on. Yeah. So, so go ahead. We have uh, a, a new guide, an introductory guide into Mastodon from Mihad Hassan. It's a new blog post, which we will link in the notes in the show notes below once this episode is published. And pretty much he starts by explaining the platform, what is different about it, some uh, bits and pieces, the fact that you are able to browse some third-party apps if you want, and stop right there. Micah, we have discussed many times that when we download and integrate third-party apps, this opens new threats. Let's say it, it poses a new risk to to your devices, to your OPSEC, and, and et cetera, that, and that we should be careful when we download or use third-party apps because they handle the data of your investigation differently. Do you, yeah. You're also yeah. passionate about this, Micah, from what I know? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't use third-party apps unless yeah. I've really looked into it. I'm very sure that it's going to provide me some it's some big benefit, uh, time saving, formatting, scraping, whatever. Um, otherwise, in my OSINT investigations, uh, it could just be collecting what I'm doing, tracking uh, the people or the topics I'm researching, and otherwise in interfering or subverting my investigation. So in my OSINT, in, in my OSINT Mastodon uh, handles, I really don't use that many plugins at all in my personal again if there's a big added benefit and i feel secure and safe about the the apps i'll i might add them um, but i'm a pretty basic kind of guy when it comes to this yeah it eliminates a level of complexity for your opsec yep and also when uh, it comes to opsec applications are a nightmare for opsec so yeah, operational security. OPSEC is operational security. Right, thank you. No worries, no worries. It's the end of the year. I figure people are getting maybe a little bit, uh, a little bit um, uh, tired and stuff. So I might as well explain these terms. Uh, operational security is is really just your ability to protect yourself against either disclosure, exploitation, retaliation, or something. It's almost it it's goes hand in hand with your ability to stay hidden 
while you are doing your investigation. Mm -hmm. So as Christina was saying, we have a whole bunch of, um, let's see, as Christina was saying, we have a whole bunch of these, uh, this information in this sec juice article. Um, Mastodon is is federated. And so unlike Twitter, there's not one platform that has all of the data. In fact, what it is, is Mastodon is a series of computers that are hooked up together and sharing certain data. So um, when you, you go to set up your account in Mastodon or when you go to do OSINT, just realize that when you submit a query for hashtag OSINT, you're mostly getting the, the current, the hashtag OSINT data on your local server. And then you can also query other servers as well. Um, and that data may be a lot slower to get back. And you may not get all of the data that's out there because some servers might not be communicating with your platform. It, I mean, it's not peer to peer, but think of it as server to server mm -hmm. types of communication. And server administrators can say, I don't trust that server. So we're not going to allow any of their posts to be seen or they're called toots, any of their toots to be seen on our platform. So even if I'm on a great platform, a great instance, and I'm searching for a person or a topic or a hashtag, I might not be seeing the entire view. And that's another reason to always use multiple systems, or multiple accounts from different perspectives for your work. Yeah, and it's also good to realize that when we are investigating one person, they might be on different servers and have servers and have activity on those different servers. So we are supposed to look further than this this one profile we found. And like you mentioned, it has a decentralized network. Maybe we should also. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that nobody supervises the content. So yes, it's more likely to run into abusive material and it's also a lot more likely to run into disinformation campaigns that are not even giving you this little flag that Twitter used to do, not perfectly, but in some cases. Anyway, um, verification is very important. It's, all, it's a must always. However, in Mastodon, even more so. Yeah. Um, so one of the things you brought up is moderation and mm -hmm. disinformation and all. I think one of the things that we used to trust or some people used to trust on Twitter is, oh, this is a verified person. So this person ha is, has proven that they are a certain, um, a, a certain person of interest or a certain celebrity. The reality is on on um, Mastodon, you don't prove who you are. You prove the links in your profile and you can do those connections. So I might look at Christina Licati and I might see that she has a link to her website. And it's been proven that she is connected to that website by posting a little bit of data on that website that can be checked. So this kind of validation is not something that is, oh, I, Micah Hoffman, have achieved a certain number of followers and am an influencer. It's more, I connect the websites who I say uh, are, that are mine, and I can prove that. Um, but for disinformation and misinformation, 
It really relies on the server or instance owner and moderator to do that type of moderation for what the viewers on their instance see. And this can be challenging, very challenging, especially with some of the, uh, the malicious links and the malicious accounts, disinformation. And some server administrators have a more restrictive policy and some are more open and allow other things. When you're going on to Mastodon personally, I suggest you visit a bunch of servers, check out the, the rules for that server, what they tolerate, what they don't, and then check out, you know, and maybe create an account there that's, that's not your real account, but create an account there and just try it out. See what kind of discussions are happening on the local server. If you don't like it, hop to a new server. Um, the idea here in the Fediverse is that there is no one web breacher or Christina Licati that, like you would have on Twitter or Instagram. You can have only one. But in the Fediverse, I can set up web breacher on a whole bunch of different servers and, and use it. You shouldn't do that, but you can try it out by doing something. Mm -hmm. Christine, have you noticed um, you know, on the Mastodon instances that you're on uh, a problem with moderation or uh, spammy content or anything like that? Or has it been pretty, pretty good? It's been okay, but of course you also see the spammy comments, remarks. Uh, you cannot really flag abusive content or somebody that is, um, you know, harassing. Okay. It's up to the moderator, like you said. I don't think, especially when an instance has many, many participants in there, I don't think it's realistic to expect from one person to moderate all the content and keep an eye on everything. Because we are humans, that person probably has the job as well. Yeah. And that's why a lot of them have I don't expect moderators. that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but a lot of them have moderators that are helping to... Um, to, to look at the content and make sure but that would it you is. rely on them. Well, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, would you rely on them any more than you relied on Twitter or Instagram to police what's being shown in your feed? I, I don't know. I personally, I think that these people are actually trying their hardest to, uh, uh, to maintain and uphold those, those server rules. Whereas Twitter and Instagram and other uh, social media platforms or use the algorithms more use, other things. Um, and I can't tell you the number of things I've reported on Twitter as somebody doing something malicious or, or just a suspicious account. And even though it's blatant, it absolutely violates Twitter's rules. Twitter comes back and goes, we see no violation and they don't do a darn thing. So I'm thinking with these people, you know, I, I've seen some really good proactive types of moderation, but mm. I think it'll vary server to server. Yes, of course. And let's not forget that good, um, let's say, sophisticated or intelligent abusers or spammers are everywhere. And you should Absolutely. rely on your own eyes as well. And we'll see, of course. Yeah. Things will probably change as well. It won't stay static with the, with the growth that it has been receiving. Might, we might see some changes in the future. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get back into the, the resources. And in fact, on here, I want to not only like share some of the resources, I want to actually use some of them. So let's go back to this uh, SecJuice Mastodon URL that I pasted in before. Um, 
And one of the things that we can see is that we can search for usernames. And here we have where the number one is in green here, techhub.social in this example. That's the server or the instance. And then at darknessgate is the username. Um, and much like what we can do in, in other platforms, on other social media platforms, we can search for that username, darknessgate, across multiple social media platforms. And we can search for it across multiple server instances because what this person darkness gate or web breacher or christina Licati is posting or tooting on one server instance in mastodon might not be propagated everywhere so you as an osint person have a little bit harder of a job in that you have to search more places let's take this username darkness gate actually let's take my username and go to what's my name um, what's my name app for those of you that don't know is an app created by Chris Poulter um, and uh, with a back end of my um, my uh, project my what's my name project that I and several other people contribute to searches for usernames across different sites so if we look for web breacher and we change this to social and we search one of the things that you'll see is we have mastodon.api and mastodon.mastodon. So it's found two places in Mastodon where WebReacher user has been found. This one is my old account on Mastodon Social. And I've left a little, little link here that says, hey, head on over to WebReacher at InfoSec Exchange. That's my Mastodon account that I currently use. So again, once these results come up, you have to follow them and you never know. Wow, we find another Mastodon account here. There's also this one, the Mastodon API, which has uh, results in a little bit of a different format here. This is JSON and it doesn't look that great in Chrome, but if I put it in Firefox or I use a plugin because it's JSON, if I put it in here, you will see that it is well formatted and we can get things like hey here's the html in my bio when it was created on the server counter social um, other things like how many followers are on there and really some good data we also have other th things here we have web reacher at infosec exchange so this account was found on multiple servers and that's pretty cool uh, so here we have using what's my name and the API here, we've got two InfoSec Exchange server has a web breacher and counter social. Those instances are, are both hosting a web breacher username. Cool. And really there are other tools that are specifically focused on Mastodon, like this one from St. PL. Putting that into the notes section. If we again search for web breacher, just as a demonstration and hit search, here you can see mastodon.social info. Wait a second. <laughs> the other tool showed what the what's my name tool showed counter.social and infosec exchange. Here we're seeing mastodon.social. The reason? Well, while this certain this site searches over a hundred mastodon instances, it's not searching counter social. So there are hundreds and hundreds of these instances for Mastodon. So not one tool can can find them all. This mm -hmm. is an important thing when you're choosing your tools. Use multiple tools. You'll find more information.
Isn't this something we also discuss? We have discussed quite a few times. Don't just use one resource. Uh, go and cross-check with other tools, with other resources. Do the extra step to verify everything, etc. Yeah. Well, and let's take it one last one step further. Let's do it one final tool, and this is by. Uh, uh, good colleague of mine, Central OSINT Agency, uh, created Masto, which was featured in uh, Sector 035's Week in OSINT. Uh, and it's a great project for you to, to get into how to search Mastodon using command line tools. Now, this is a Python tool. Let's see. Um, so this is a Python tool. And I put the link in the chat. Um, and what it does is it has a bunch of different capabilities. You can see that on the screen. It can find a user, extract data about them, uh, check different instances. And if we keep scrolling down, uh, Central Agency also goes by Tactical OSINT, uh, has this little diagram which shows what the data is and where it's being uh, pushed to. And then we also have this installation. So let's go ahead and just install this real quick and run the exact same type of query that I ran in what's my name and in the Saint tool, but let's run it here using this third tool. So here I've actually already done this. I've already done the git clone, changed directories in there, and then done the pip install to install it in my Python on my virtual machine here. And this runs in Python. Um, so all I'm going to do is take the exact example that they have on the web page. If we scroll down here to usage, it says searching for a user, type in Python 3, masto.py, dash u, and then the username. Cool. That's what I'm doing here, but the username of WebReacher. Now this is an interactive tool. So it's grabbing some data, bringing it back, and it'll show it to you. Here we have my account on CounterSocial. And if you look at the data that's presented, it's that JSON that we saw from the API, right? This is exactly uh, similar. This is the exact data that was in that API that we saw on our web page. But one of the interesting things here about this tool is that the, while the web page or the API, when it, sh when it shows the users, it doesn't actually show a user if this value here, user opted to be listed on profile directory, is false. So this might be another reason why some profiles are not shown to you, is that the web server, the, the Mastodon instance, is actually abiding by the user's wish to not be shown in the directory, as I did on CounterSocial. But this tool right here, Masto and some others, they ignore that and just pull the information. Um, here we have links to the bio and stuff, open avatar and browser if we wanted to, I don't want to. So then it says, okay, well, here's my bio. Here are the links in my bio. Do you want to, uh, this is actually for other accounts. Sorry. So this is account one on counter social. This is on infosec exchange. Here's my links. Um, again, it's just harvesting that data from multiple sites. So we have two sites that it's found one on counter social and one on InfoSec Exchange. Now what it's doing is it's querying other instances via the API, and this takes a little while, but you see that on Mastodon Social, it finds that third account. So while What's My Name and the Saint PL tool were pretty good when combined together, using a single tool like this 
could be um, your first go-to to make it even simpler for you to, to grab that data about your target. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. So Good, and you're, I'm glad that and, you're also showing them how they work and you're demonstrating Mycom, pretty useful. I like sharing, you know that. I'm, I'm a sharer. And here we have, at the end, we have three targets found and those are all three of the places where I created a web breacher account. Does this show every single place in the Fediverse where I, where there's a web breacher username? Nope. But um, Central Agency or Tactical OSINT does a pretty good job of keeping this up to date and um, making sure that you are checking all of the right places. Have you had any experience looking into the private profiles or the locked ones? I have not done so yet. Have you? No, but I would be curious what kind of results we get back. But again, no, saying it's a bit of exper experimentation process sometimes. So I would yeah. experiment with it. Yeah, that's that's one of the important things. And you kind of said that in the beginning is, um, you know, while I'm still on Twitter as Web Breacher and you're still there and Osin Curious is still there, exploring new emerging platforms, especially ones that are blowing up as fast as Mastodon, um, is something that in the OSINT world and especially in social media exploitation, we do because we need to understand what's within the realm of doable, what is, what are all the features, how are things set up? So, yeah, it's... Uh, maybe we should also mention that people should be a bit wary and careful about impersonators because, like we said in the beginning, there is not exactly a proper verification process for most users, so... Yeah, exactly. So if I did see, uh, so I know I have three accounts in the Fediverse yeah. on different instances. If I saw a fourth or a fifth or a sixth, I would look at them and go, well, wait, who are these people? And they might be impersonating me. And I would have to try to get their account and talk to the administrator of those servers to try to get them removed. Um, we've got a couple of questions here. Um, let's see. The does Masto the tool provide the name of that website? Um, not sure. Masto does show a whole bunch of the the sites found in my bio, and those are URLs that I've put in my bio on Infosec Exchange. Um, and then up here, we do have the profile URL to the bio, and even down here, we see the profile URL. So let's say I wanted to see Counter Social. I can open link and that, did, oh, that did work. Um, and here we go. It says counter social auto tracker. So here, because I've opted out of the directory, you can't see my profile, but yeah, it does show you all of the links that it can. Cool. Christina. Our good buddy, hmm. Josen Guy, has created a blog on his personal blog site, DutchOsintGuy.com. Have you taken a look at this cryptography and OSINT post? I have. For this uh, blog, he collaborated with Stem Sadi, as is her usual uh, nickname. There is also a link to her profile and accounts in the blog post. Um, yeah, basically, Sade was a former NSA crypto analyst, and they were debating and discussing a bit the topic of how cryptography and OSINT go together and when is it relevant. I will not spoil 
too much of the content, but I will say that there are two areas, two main areas in which those two worlds collide. And these are when you investigate somebody, especially on social media, and suddenly you see that they exchange information that seems a bit out of place or images like Micah is scrolling right down right now down the blog post and we see that they suddenly reference a cat image. The thing with these out of place pieces of content is that maybe as ocean investigators we could think or it should cross our mind that there might be a cipher hidden within those images. A cipher is a piece of information. It's information that doesn't look like information. It's masked as something else, like an image, for example, and it's hidden within that image. So it doesn't look like somebody's trying to communicate something, but they do in an encrypted, ciphered way. And especially when it comes to images, there is a whole area dedicated to it called steganography. Now, the good thing with this blog post is that they explain a few of the fundamentals when uh, about cryptography and a little bit about steganography, like in the example with the image. And they show, they show a few practical tips on how you can identify whether there is a hidden message within a media, within a picture, within something that is exchanged between social media profiles and seems a bit out of place. But there is a second main reason why uh, it's worth looking into this process and experimenting and learning a bit more about cryptography and that is file integrity. For example, when you see the same data set in the dark webs sold through three different, different resources and it looks like it's the same data set, is perhaps in one of them, is there some information encrypted in there that you should be aware of? Yeah. The blog post explains a lot more about it and the Sadi and Nico do a much better job than I could ever do on that, but I think it's it was interesting. I enjoyed reading it, and I yeah. would like to learn more about this uh, this world. Yeah, and I find that crypto like advanced cryptography like this, where you're talking about steganography, which could have mm -hmm. steganography does not have to be uh, cri uh, cryptography. It doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. Steganography does not have to be encrypted messages. Um, and some of the, the messages that we see sent in different groups may be encrypted using various methods. So understanding a little bit more about encryption, where it's applied, where you can actually do something about it to, to decrypt or otherwise identify um, what's in there, uh, that's really important. And uh, yeah, so take a look at this blog or post just identifying if there is something in there, because not all OSINT analysts are well-versed with uh, cryptography, steganography, encryption methods, et cetera, but identifying that there could be something more in there would help an analyst out uh, if they work in teams with authorized personnel to pass this information on to a team mate that also has the they right to look into this data and into this investigation and ask them, hey, I found this during my investigation. Can you look deeper into it? Because I feel there's something more in there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I find that this much like metadata is one of the things I'll do at the end of my work. It's not a primary yeah. thing because many times you're more interested in that picture of the cat or whatever actually is in the image or the document than discovering if they're could possibly be some advanced mm. um, data hidden inside of it. 
many of the platforms may strip it out, may uh, do other things, alter it so that it might not be retrievable. So unless you're dealing with some really advanced people, um, this might be a tactic that you use towards the end of some process. But yeah, good to know. Mm -hmm. All right, so now on to another project that I did a little bit of editing on. This is Backmoji. I've put the link in the in the uh, comments there. Backmoji is for any of you people that have uh, ever found a Snapchat emoji, mm -hmm. or not just Snapchat, sorry, a Bitmoji avatar like this. You've seen these a lot of different places, I'm sure. What, what we find in the OSINT world is that some people alter this person, this avatar to reflect their characteristics. I've done cases on missing persons. Uh, Griffin Glynn, who did the original research with me on this, um, he's also done, uh, in, done that research to show that sometimes people, when they change their hair, length, color, or other things, change their appearance, um, or do some other things with their own physical attributes, they will change their Bitmoji to reflect that. And what Griffin noticed is that you can actually go back in time and look at older versions of this Bitmoji and see how the hair has changed, how the outfits have changed and other things like that. So what I wanna do is just show you what this tool is, how to do it, um, I, because I've changed it recently to make it even better. For those of you that don't know, this is Backmoji, and here are the links to our blog post explaining all about how to use this. So let's go ahead and take this uh, avatar. Um, when you have a Bitmoji, you can right click on it in many applications and get the URL. This number right here, this 997 number is really what we're looking for, uh, whatever it, it is in your case. In this case, it is the user ID of the person that owns this account for this Bitmoji. You paste it in here. We tell the tool how many of these requests to make. We're gonna say 35. And we can leave everything else. I'm gonna make the size of the emojis a little bit bigger so you can see them. And now my web browser is making requests to the web page. Let's see if I can make this a little bit bigger. There we go. My my web my browser is making requests to the web page, and you can see here we've got version zero. We have the front view and then the side view, and the front view of version one, the front view and side view. And we could take a look at this user's account and and literally look at all of the different outfits, hairstyles, and other things. Looks like this user kind of stopped right here after version two. But what but this what this helps us with is um, I've added this side view because I noticed that when you have the head-on view, some things like ponytails and other characteristics of the avatar were missing or hidden just by the pose. So you can click these things and you can see um, their avatar directly in big format. So I added the side view. I think it's pretty cool. Nice. Osync witches scratched so christina there's another thing here on twitter i don't know if you've heard about twitter it is a social media <laughs> <laughs> so we um, still have some good content coming out of twitter and in this case the account osint for all or 
at all for OSINT, they posted a small thread with resources on reverse image search. Now it's not the first time we see a list of resources, but um, it's pretty neat because, okay, the, the tools and the landscape of what you use has changed a little bit. Yantex is not the same as before. So I find it useful to revisit my lists of tool when it, tools when it comes to reverse image search every so often. So often, oh my God. Uh, but the thing with this list is that they don't only offer tools about uh, reverse image searching directly, like how to do it and how to research, but they also offer some tools that will assist your process when you do reverse image searching. We have mentioned a few of them in previous uh, webinars already, podcasts, live streams, my God, have any of them as you like. But um, yeah, here they are. Altogether, we have the tools that help you remove the background of a certain part of the image. We have the cleanup pictures tool that we mentioned a few months ago that helps remove certain distracting elements from a picture and so on and so forth. I find this list pretty um, interesting to look into and find how you can use the collection of these tools to first of all, improve the quality of your image and have better results in your reverse image searches. I feel that we have all been through the phase where we posted the picture of a, let's say, brown haired person. And then suddenly we had all kinds of brown haired people coming back in the results or a certain image of a landscape with the landmark partly shaded from a tree or whatever. And the results come but and are completely irrelevant. Like you only see streets with trees and the landmark is gone or it doesn't, the tool doesn't recognize the landmark. So sometimes you have to slightly edit the images so that you can get a better result back. And this collection of tools helps, helps you figure out what you can use to edit them. Yeah. What's out there anyway. Well, it's kind of neat because if you look back like five years, what we used to do is what we used to say is, oh, you could download Photoshop or you could use GIMP if you want um, an open source tool and you could crop the, the image, you could rotate it, do some other things. Nowadays, this is all moved to the browser. We're now getting into things like the AI tools, not AI, the machine learning tools like cleanup pictures and remove.bg that can yeah. reassemble what possibly was behind your image or in front of your image. And so the cleanup of these images to remove distracting people, objects and other stuff is really quite good if you're allowed to upload your sensitive OSINT pictures to third party websites. So you always have to think about your operational security and if you're allowed to do that. But, um, but yeah, these, these tools are really great. And I mean, this OSINT for all tweet, uh, or sorry, this all for OSINT tweet is, is one that has a whole bunch also in smart on your favorite smart start me pages. I guarantee there's a whole <laughs> bunch of these image analysis and image manipulation tools. In the end, uh, each of us should uh, see what works best for us. We should experiment with different tools. Like you said, OPSEC is something that should be kept in mind at all times, operational security. But yeah, in the end, you you pick your own collection of tools that you regularly use and get the job done. You don't uh, have to visit all the lists every time. 
I think that's what a lot of people do. And if you're new to OSINT, welcome to the world of too many resources. Um, all of these Start Me pages, all of these people's blogs or Twitter threads, as we just saw, are just sharing resources. Some of them are gonna be good, some of them are not. Some of them are going to work easily with the data that you have. Some of them are gonna give you terrible output. Some of them are gonna be paid. Some of them are gonna be free. Some of them you might not be able to use legally. You need to check mm -hmm. out all of those. And then what most people do is they create their own personal or public uh, list of tools and websites that they like to use in their OSINT work. And the ones workflows. What's that? And workflows. And workflows as well. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Christina, we have run out of links. Um, <gasps> No, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. So, um, Christina, you and I had scheduled another a month in OSINT for later on this month in December, but I think we discussed that we're going to be canceling that to, because uh, people have their holidays planned out, and so do we. And we will catch up with everybody with month in OSINT in January 2023. Sound good? Sounds very good. I think everybody should take the, the chance to rest, enjoy their holidays, recharge, defog in our brains. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know I have to do that. So happy to use the time. Plus, yeah, I, it's time for, for more personal life now. Absolutely. Get out of OSINT and get out of online OSINT and go do some real world OSINT. Go experience some uh, some different places. Uh, look at take in some nature. of your own pictures. Yeah, exactly. And share all of those pictures and things with us on your favorite <laughs> social media platform. That's one of the things I love about Mastodon. If we can go back to that, is all these people are doing these inter hashtag introductions. Like, hi, my name is Micah. I was born in a small village outside. I'm like, no, don't. Well, actually, Aww. yeah, keep them coming. It's, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it, it's great. And it's also terrible at the same time. So you can say when you win, you lose because yes, they're supposed to be easier for us. But then you think what happened to your security awareness? Yeah, it's always that that inverse relationship between privacy and ability to do OSINT, right? The more public you are, the less private you are and the more we can do OSINT. So. That being said, from our OSINT family to yours, we wish you happy holidays, no matter what holidays you celebrate. Happy New Year. And Christina, Ooh. thank you for being my partner in crime here and doing these live streams and doing all of the hard work of putting those links in the YouTube videos. I really do appreciate it. Micah, you know, nothing happens without your support. You've uh, taught me a lot this year. So thank you. You Thank are. you for everything and for your patience as well. I enjoy working <laughs> You've with you. You've been a great colleague. Thanks. Yes. Well, thank you. And thank you to our wonderful audience. Um, all of you that have participated, sent in your comments, helped us with our, our GeoGuessr when we were doing that early in the year. Thank you for being part of our community. And if you haven't already, go ahead over to our OSINT Curious Discord, sign up there for a free account and join the OSINT community, community that's just getting stronger and stronger. Thanks everybody. Happy New Year and we'll Happy see you in 2023. Yes. Oh, and stay OSINT Curious. And stay OSINT Curious. <laughs> Bye everybody. See you.